0: Standing up in McKinney, this is According to Callous, episode 564, coming to you on the 12th of January, the year of our Lord, 2024. Today, we're going to talk about things in the news. That's right. Now, look, I, well, let's do this. I don't, spend a lot of time talking about the news, such as it is. I will reference news articles, and I like to focus, as you all know, on Texas, particularly Collin County, Texas, but sometimes things happen, and they just deserve a response. Before we get there, let me remind you, the best way you can continue to make a difference for me, to help me make a difference for you and for everyone else around us is to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. You can follow me on your podcatcher of choice. You can follow me on the page or the. you can join my group. I'm over at MeWe. I'm over at uh, Gabit from time to time. But Facebook is currently my home. That's where my page and my group is at. Come and join us. Um, again, it's about building enough people to make notice sent out when we get involved, when we pay attention. I've never asked you to take anything that I say as the absolute gospel. I've always stood firm on the idea that I'm not going to say anything that I don't believe to be true or at least plausible. And I try to be very good about spelling that out. I always tell you to research as uh, Neil Bortz used to say, don't trust anything that anybody tells you. Always do your research. I don't care if it's me or somebody else. You should always do your research. Always double check things. I try and live by that mantra. I also try and live by the other um, firm conviction that I'm not willing to say something publicly about somebody that I wouldn't tell to their face. I think that's important. You have to be upfront. You have to be honest with people. So that being said, do me a solid. Go to your favorite podcatcher. Subscribe. Follow whatever whatever the term is, Uh, you can even sign up for notifications. Apparently, and as of right now, most of my stuff is still up at YouTube, so I have you or I have myself there for an option as well. I hope you all enjoyed the debates that we were able to do on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, Unfortunately, I did uh, miss Monday nights, um, and that's like three and a half hours worth of material. I have not yet been able to sit through that. I will do a uh, reaction. To that, and over this weekend, it is my plan to break up the audio I recorded from day two into sections and post that as a, a secondary resource for you all. And I want to be clear: when I was doing my commentary, the intention was is to talk about how they presented themselves, how they how they comfortable they were. Uh, I think that's almost as important as what they're saying, because I'll tell you, a lot of these candidates are educated on what the proper answer is for specific audiences. So you can't always trust what their answer is. Even even if they're good people, they're going to tailor what they're telling the audience. That being said, how they say it, how quickly they say it, and their willingness to be upfront speaks volumes on how trustworthy and honest they are. So that's why I was talking about what they did not what they said, what the, what they said is important, but that's for you to determine. And that's for you to decide whether or not they were speaking your language or whether they were, um, more aligned with what you believe. I don't, I don't need to tell you that, but I'm giving you my reaction of what I saw when I was there and their comfort level. So, okay. I just, I just wanted to clarify that. Uh, somebody brought that to my attention that maybe I didn't make that absolutely clear. And, and again, as always, I want to remind you that even if I'm criticizing a specific candidate, it is always supposed to be respectful. Whether you, whether I'm absolutely 100% respectful, I'm always trying to be respectful because I know that's not easy. I know there's a certain level of discomfort for anybody that's running for office and there's a lot of time and effort put into that. So I try and always remain respectful, even if it's somebody that I don't like personally or I hate their policies. I try and be respectful. It's a lot harder when you don't respect their policies than dislike them personally. But that being said, please keep that in mind. Um, Take the time. Investigate for yourself. Find out which candidate you think best represents you in this primary season. All right. Here we go. On with the program. In other news, apparently, Texas, allegedly. Um, so I'm going to read you this post. Erin uh, Anderson, as usual, is breaking the story in Collin County. She's uh, quoting at Allie Bradley at Allie Bradley TV. Um, and there's apparently a statement with Renee Isa. Or ease from Governor Abbott's office, which is not shared in this, but apparently the state of Texas has seized all city property along the riverfront at the border in Eagle Pass under the governor's emergency powers, including federal processing locations and equipment, and this is to multiple sources. All access to the property is limited to state authority only. Border Patrol will be removed, or I'm sorry, will be permitted to remove their property equipment, and supplies. Agents will not have access to the area unless there's a medical emergency. This is apparently under SB 4. Now, I got to be honest with you. I'm kind of shocked about this. I mean, our governor is not the worst governor in the country. Our governor is, in my opinion, clearly not the best governor in the country. But if this is true, and if Governor Abbott holds the line, pushes back, and is successful in stemming the tide here and in telling the feds to go pound sand for real. I, I mean, wow. That, that would almost make up for all the other stuff. Now, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with the way that he's doing it under emergency powers. Um, the emergency powers are there for a reason. Uh, they clearly shouldn't exist under the Texas constitution in the form that they currently exist. But essentially we're under siege. We're we're going undergoing an invasion and somebody's got to do something. And it's clear the feds aren't going to do anything. In fact, I think it'd be fair to say they're aiding and abetting the invasion. So I just hope sincerely hope the rest of the Texas government if this is truly what's playing out and if this is what's actually in action, rallies and does the right thing, supports the governor and pushes us through and does it properly. I am very uncomfortable with one person making this decision and letting it stand for an extended period of time, and I would sincerely hope that. That our state representatives, our state senators would demand to be involved in this situation. Although I'm not sure that they would make it any better, especially with the likes of Dade Phelan. That being said, as much as I don't care for Dade Phelan, I believe he probably still loves Texas over and above other things. So I'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt, but maybe that ship is completely sailed for you. And I get it. I get it. I, I don't say that lightly. I'm not enthusiastic, but. My only question would be is, why did we wait so long? I mean, yes, I know it's primary season. Yes, and uh, we wanted to make the Republicans look strong or good or whatever the argument is. But this has been going on for three years. You mean to tell me that we waited to pass a bill for an extra for extra sessions after the primary session, after the first session that was in 2021, just to deal with an enormous problem? Or is there something else going on here? I, I don't know, but I just I want you to know you need to do your own research in this. You need to find out what exactly you think is at play. Because on one hand, this is extremely exciting and good. On the other hand, it's worrisome and causing some concern. What exactly is going to be the fallout from this? And I don't care about the feds and their reaction. I care about what's going to follow that's going to be potentially worse or built upon this expansion of power. That that that's always my concern. And secondarily, before I leave the state of Texas to deal with the next issue, let me just say we had two court challenges to this Hagenbaugh dude that lives in SD-12 that claims to live in SD 30. And apparently the Republican party and the courts aren't interested in actually following the law. Color me shocked. The Republican party could and should bounce this guy, but they're doing the smart thing, which is, Hey court, we don't have the evidence. It's not really up for our determination. Um, please step in here and cover our backside. And the court of course does what they always do. <laughs> nothing good (laughs) Uh, maybe that's not fair but that's what it looks like every time that they have a clutch play they seem to let texas down they seem to let we the people down that being said the uh the there's going to be multiple court challenges and to say that you waited too long when a guy doesn't even know he's running until the last day i mean and they have an opportunity to drop down i mean there are so many things going on here and again the court's play these games so that they don't get caught in the middle, but that's their job to come in and make a decision and make a call. And they're supposed to be faring down the middle, but I suspect it is they don't want to irritate the Lieutenant Dan because he is a big supporter of Mr. Hagenbaugh. Now I don't have a firm choice between the other two people that are looking to prevent Mr. Hagenbaugh from running and are looking to take that SD30 seat I I don't have a firm choice there but I can tell you from what I know about what Hagenbaugh did when he was the Denton County chair that is the last guy I want in the state senate that is the last guy I would trust to do anything conservative anything to support Republican principles priorities this guy is um not worthy of your vote. Whether or not he actually lives in the district, he is definitely not worthy of your vote. He shouldn't be on the ballot. And in a perfect world, he absolutely would not be on the ballot. In a fair world, he'd be removed from the ballot. But apparently, even in Texas, we don't get that. So let me ask you, what do you think you're going to be able to do about it? Well, it's real simple. If you live in SD30, don't vote for that guy. Now, It is my opinion that the county chair could and should have said, well, that's fine, but I'm not going to accept your name on the ballot. They could have, but they just went through a contentious battle to get rid of this bum as the county chair. And now he has the unmitigated gall to give himself essentially a a, a new a raised position here. I, I, I'm getting a promotion because all that great work I did as the Denton County chair. Oh, wait. Everybody I know from Denton County says the exact opposite. Everybody I know that is in the grassroots in Denton County said this guy was a wreck. He didn't call the meetings. He didn't get the work done. He gave money to Democrats. And well, I'm not even going to talk about other sordid things in his family. But the real the reality is, if this is the best that we can do, the best the establishment of the Republican Party is going to try and shove down our throats, leads the question, what in the heck is the Republican Party thinking? What is our establishment leadership doing? I mean, at least give us a guy with a clean background. At least give us some lady who uh, isn't incompetent. At least give us some guy who actually cares about our issues. I- and I'll settle for Seven out of 10, I'll settle for six out of 10, but this guy's a train wreck and Lieutenant Dan is apparently 100% behind him. What does that say? I mean, it's bad enough. We got a civil war fighting amongst ourselves over candidates or incumbents, if you will, that decided they wanted to try and take out the AG for better or for worse. I'm trying to stay out of that mix. But did they really think there weren't going to be repercussions? This is a step beyond that. This is just crazy. Now we've got like a three front war going on in the Republican party during the primary season, during a contentious primary season when we're under invasion, literally by foreigners and our federal government is unmoored and unhitched to reality and we're too busy fighting amongst ourselves. I got to tell you, it pains me that we're in this position. It pains me that there doesn't look like a good solution. Now, there are days like this. There are days like this. I I wish I was the godfather and I'd go in and give them an offer they couldn't refuse. I, I really wish. I'm not. I'm not. And certainly, I don't have that authority or power. But it's stuff like this. It just grates me. You know, I'm willing to compromise on a lot of stuff. And and I'm what I call the uh the reasonable one. But my god, what are these people thinking? I mean, I really thought better of Lieutenant Dan than this. I'm not a big fan of Lieutenant Dan. I've always been upfront about that. But I at least buy the idea that he's a conservative and he wants to do quote conservative things. This is Way out of character, as far as I can tell. I mean, maybe the guy's a fraud. I don't know. He could be. Maybe I've bought some of his story. The guy is clearly not that impressive. In many ways. But he's far more powerful, far more accomplished than I am. So my critique of him probably falls on hollow ears. (laughs) I don't know if that's the right, correct phrase there. But I I get it. I get it. But to say I've been let down, to say that I'm disappointed would be a massive understatement. But again, here we are. Now, let me take a moment and I'm going to talk about something that's going on outside of Texas. Now, this is going to affect Texas because guess what? We now have our primary in March which I guess is nice that we have some say over who the Republican candidate is, but it really messes up the entire (laughs) primary process in Texas. It it extremely beneficial to the incumbents, which is probably why we did it, but it's not what's best for Texas. It's certainly not what's best for the grassroots for the conservatives, but at least maybe we have a nominal statement over who our next uh, Republican candidate for president's going to be. And I'm sorry, I'm not enthusiastic about changing the entire system so we get a 10% more input on who our next president may or may not be. And at this point, I don't even know that changing the entire system to have some input on a Republican presidential candidate was worth it. But apparently, Chris Christie blew or I'm sorry. left the race. Now Look, to me, in many ways, Chris Christie is a wannabe Donald Trump. He's a northeastern Yankee, kind of brash, runs the mouth, and in some ways was more successfully politically before Trump became president than he is now. Um, I don't think he brings anything to the table that anybody wanted, which is why he's finally shutting up and going away. But in his wake... Yes, I know. Uh, in his wake, we have to deal with the idea that another failed governor out of South Carolina, Nikki Haley, is apparently the heir apparent to the anti-Trump people. Well, I got to tell you, she's the least impressive of the lot. Uh, and look, she failed South Carolina. She didn't respect South Carolina. She didn't respect the, the history history. And the culture of South Carolina, yeah, look, I know there's some things there that are maybe a little icky, but she she got elected and she was supposed to be a good Republican and she took a um, number two on the people in South Carolina. Now, look, I realize there's some hurt feelings and there's some lingering problems from things that happened in the 1860s, but I got to be also honest. I wasn't there. You weren't there. In fact, nobody alive was there. In fact, nobody alive is likely to even know somebody that was alive back then. So to keep reopening old wounds that had basically been healed over, we've made peace for better or for worse within our country. And to make these uh, genuflections of moral superiority from a foreigner uh, and placed upon the rest of us, give me a break. And, And I care less about a stupid flag that went off the Capitol grounds and went somewhere else than the disrespect given to the people of South Carolina. And then on top of it, this warmonger, this neocon fraud is being trumpeted as our salvation and the only way we can win apart from Trump, give me a break. Now, you could say what you want about Vivek. And Vivek's got his own problems. But at least he tells me things I want to hear. He he, at least says the right things. Now, whether or not he's being truthful, whether or not I believe him. I, and, and I said before, I'm not really comfortable with the whole Hindu thing and being a president of the United States as a Hindu. But I'll tell you. I do trust what he says to a point. I trust nothing. Nikki Haley says not a darn thing. Now, again, this lady is more accomplished than me. She's got more money than me. She has been far more successful in life than me. So this is not bitterness. This is not anger. This is distrust. And just as an aside, under the Constitution, under the natural-born citizen requirement, neither one of her parents were citizens when she was born here. So under the Constitution, she shouldn't even be qualified to run for president. Of course, we can say that about several other past presidents or past candidates, but apparently nobody cares anymore. But this is a case in point. She has no... Restrictions and sending our young men and, unfortunately, some young women off to go die in foreign conflicts because she doesn't care. She has, at the very least, a questionable alliance or allegiance to these United States. Setting aside whatever her purported faith is, setting aside whatever her purported um. Uh, upbringing in these United States are? You mean to tell me that two foreign-born parents didn't have a large impact on what a young person thinks? There's a reason why that clause was left. There's a reason why that requirement of natural-born citizen was put in there. Now, I know a lot of people have spent a lot of time since 2016, 2012, 2008, redefining and scrubbing what the original meaning of that was. But this is exactly why it exists. This is exactly why it's there. It was there to protect the republic. It was there to protect us from doing foolish things overseas and get us involved in foreign adventures that we ought not be involved in. So while you might have gotten rid of one blowhard Christie, now all the eggs are going in the basket of somebody that is probably the worst of what America has to offer as president. Now, if she wants to go run some company somewhere, great. If some other state wants to hire her to run their state, okay, fine. But to run these United States, nah, nah. She would be my last. In fact, if her name was on the ballot, I would have to think long and hard whether or not I would be capable of pushing that button, no matter if she's the presidential candidate or the vice presidential candidate. She she is in my opinion, not worthy of consideration. And look, I realize this is harsh. I realize this is tough. And honestly, I have lots of misgivings about the likely Republican candidate, but I made peace with those. I know what he is. I know what the Donald's going to do. And maybe, just maybe, some good things will come off if he goes back. But I have zero faith. That anything good is going to come from the neocon fraud that's being shoved down our throats. But at least Christie's gone. Okay, now that I've uh, been bloviating for almost twenty-five minutes here, <laughs> I, I want. It's Friday. OK, and Fridays, I, I like to be lighthearted, lighthearted, excuse me. I, I like to be positive. I like to send you off to your weekend with uh, something to either think about or be pleased about. So the first part of the show, I, I did talk about the idea that perhaps Texas was standing up. Perhaps Texas was going to do something. So that's that. That's what I've got. Now there are possibilities that we're going to get more opportunities to make a difference here in Texas. There are a number of, uh, court challenges that still have not been sorted out with specific candidates. Uh, Apparently a sitting, uh, Court justice was challenged because apparently, maybe, there were five signatures short in one county. Now, that's all well and good, but come on, really? Again, these rules are there for a reason. These rules are supposed to be guidelines, but if you're going to try and remove an incumbent because five signatures are missing, but you're going to let somebody run that doesn't even live in the district when the law requires that, it's either all or nothing, in my opinion. I, th- I think judgeships are supposed to be as apolitical as possible, but we know we've seen firsthand they're anything but. Judgeships are supposed to be apart from the process. Now, when you elect your judges... It can't, it can't be non-political. It's always political. They try and they try and stay the straight and narrow. They they have these mm, code of ethics that are supposed to protect them and protect us. And I'm not saying that they don't work. Every judge I know, and I've met a good number of them here in Collin County, they do their absolute best to follow that law, that rule. And, and I've never seen one of them overstep. Doesn't it mean it hasn't happened. I don't know. I don't I don't babysit them. I don't live in their lives and I appreciate that. But much like the alleged requirements under the Johnson Amendment that quite frankly are only applied towards white suburban churches where if they get involved in politics, their tax-exempt status might be challenged. Or maybe it's just that the leaders of those white suburban churches are so cowardly that they have given up their duty to stand up for what is right and stand up for Christian thought, theory. Mm, I don't know. But I suspect that the Republican judges are the ones that probably are the only ones that bother to follow this. They're the only ones that privately think it means anything, would be my guess. And and as long as that continues, and as long as we continue our march towards purpleness in the, in the state of Texas, and as long as we allow and continue to allow the invasion that's going on, it won't be long. And we'll pay a very strong price. Because while judges don't write law, they do interpret it. And through their interpretation, they can radically morph what was written. If you doubt me, look no further than what they did when they removed the, the AG's office ability to step in when a partisan DA in a county refuses to actually look into corruption in that party machine. Now, we know this is all partisan. I get it. But there's supposed to be checks and balances. So if you want to corrupt party boss system in the five biggest cities to start dictating terms for the entirety of the state of Texas, hey, let it go. Do nothing. And it will be those Republican judges that made a decision that will cause Texas to fall, to fail. And maybe, just maybe, in the absolute letter of the law, they're right. Maybe. Maybe. the spirit of the law, the intention of the law also matters. And they took the exact opposite tact, my understanding, the exact opposite tact, whereas the U S Supreme court has largely taken the mm, attitude up until recently that unless it specifically states that the federal government can't do it, they assume the federal government can do it. Whereas this says, because it wasn't implicitly given to the Attorney General's office. He, they can't do it. Which, I got to be honest, if SCOTUS were to make more rulings or opinions based on that theory, I would love it. Well, actually, you weren't given that explicit responsibility or that duty or that authority. So no, federal government, you can't do that. No, that department shouldn't exist. That Positions shouldn't exist. That whole division shouldn't exist. You have no constitutional authority. So we're stripping that away from you. Let the states do that if they want. But you have no constitutional authority to do that because it wasn't granted to you. And no, they don't have to specifically say you can't do it. The fact that they didn't tell you you can do it means you can't do it which is essentially what the state of Texas's court did. Well, AG, the constitution doesn't grant you the authority, although it doesn't state you can't do it either. So, it's possibility then it should be reconsidered because we know we know the legislature in the state of Texas granted this authority and it went that way for years and years and years and years. And it's only when it might actually matter that the court stepped in and said, well, actually the Constitution didn't grant you that authority. And if anything, why wasn't that constitutional amendment or that constitutional question put on the ballot? I can tell you that 99% of all Republicans and probably 30% of Democrats actually want good, clean elections. They understand what's at stake here. They want their wins to be clean wins. They want things to happen appropriately. And if people are cheating the ballot, they want those people to pay a consequence. So here's the takeaway. We have to up our game. We have to be more involved. We have to be willing to push back. We have to let the the folks know that are doing this, or more appropriately, not doing these things, that we're watching. We're paying attention. We're going to hold them accountable. We're going to make it more difficult for them to keep their positions. We're going to make it more difficult for them to continue to get our respect because quite frankly, they're showing us almost no respect with what they're doing. And if you think that's unfair, if you think that's maybe a little bit of an exaggeration, maybe do your own research, draw your own conclusion. And with that, this has been episode 564 Entitled, In Other News, I'm Stephen, I'm your host, and until next week, I will see you on the other side.